friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. All right. Hey, everyone. Uh, today on the show, we have Maddox Schuler from Fort Foundry based out of Athens, Georgia. He is one of the founders or the founder. I don't know. You, you, you tell me, Maddox. There's only one of me. <laughs> or there's one only of us. one Maddox. I don't know. That's, uh, yeah, there's only one currently for, for the whole Fort Foundry thing. It's weird, though, because you sometimes like want to make it feel big. So I feel like sure. I sometimes write we. And there are people who help out for sure, but it's just me. Yeah. So you're the founder of the fort, you're the king of the castle, uh, type designer. Um, and I think there's some other things too that we'll talk about. So All right. um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and say hi to everyone. Yeah. Hey guys. Um, my name is Maddox. I live in Athens, Georgia. I am 28. Yeah. 28 years old. Uh, I always feel like I forget my age. Uh, I yes, live in I'm Athens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love Athens. It's a small little town uh, where the University of Georgia is, but also has um, a bunch of awesome local people here too. Uh, just about like an hour away from Atlanta, and uh, it's it's great here. Uh, I get I work with a few different guys out of a studio, um, an office. One guy being Matt Smith, he's like a UI designer, and the other one uh, being Kyle Key, who's an illustrator slash board game publisher. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I, I love Athens. And for those that don't know, Georgia is there, Georgia University. And uh, people like to bark there a lot because the Bulldogs. Yes. Um, <laughs> I feel like it has some good – I lived out on the West Coast for a while in Seattle, and Athens has some of those, like, West Coast vibes, which is which is real nice, except for no beach. Yeah, I noticed that, too, the few times that I've been out there. Yeah. Yeah, no beach. <laughs> beach is, like, what, three hours from you? Because uh, yeah, it's four hours from us. too far. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You need to get down to Savannah. Um, yeah. Eventually, we'll all be there. Um, cool. So this month, uh, the month of February, we're, we're talking about passion and following passions. Um, last month in January was kind of about new beginnings. And I think part of those new beginnings for folks are getting out of what they would consider their own grind. Um, for some folks, maybe it's they're stuck in an agency, studio, or, or worse, um, and, and they have this burning passion that they want to follow, but a lot have you know, or, or like you're kind of scared to take that jump. Um, type design seems like such a weird, not a weird, but a, a very, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know the word I'm thinking of. It's not weird, but, um, you know, a niche that not yeah. a lot of people follow. Yeah. yeah. How, did, how did you get into it? How did you, how, what sparked this? Um, I mean, I always enjoyed, uh, finding like typefaces or fonts as some would say, uh, growing up, yeah. like, um, I, uh, I played music in a band. I always enjoyed like uh, artistic type stuff. And so for the band, you know, you're got to do t-shirts and make a website. And so like, I was just learning those as I was going, not any like uh, real training, but just like kind of finding what I could online. But back then, like now there's so many tutorials on YouTube or whatever. Mostly back then you're just like inspecting elements or trying to like Mm -hmm. figure out what the, what the crap is going on with like how someone is making something. Um, and I'm sure there were like other videos out there, but I feel like it was more of the newer age of all that stuff. And so, um, started learning Photoshop and illustrator and those sort of things. And, like the funnest part of that to me was like uh, finding the right typefaces for a project or for like what fit the right vibe for for a band. Um, and so like continued to do that throughout college, but again was like, oh, I don't know if I could actually make a living out of this. Uh, not 
typeface designing, but just graphic design. Typeface design wasn't even like on my radar. It was always mm-hmm. just like about finding good typefaces. Um, and so like graphic design wise, uh, I was just like, ah, it'd be fun to do that. But I don't know, like getting out of college, where, where would I be after that? And so instead of following my passion, uh, I, I kind of took the safe route there, which uh, I think has been okay for sure. Like t- some of the things mm-hmm. I've learned has come in handy. So I did marketing um, and I did a religion minor and I was still like feeding that passion on the side for sure. Um, whether it be through music or through type. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that uh, I moved out to Seattle, Washington after graduating and I uh, was doing like an internship uh, at a church out there. And then mm-hmm. uh, it was a bigger church. And so uh, they, they have like these websites that they would publish articles and um, have pastors from across the country write on. And so like mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was a fan of that. That was kind of like what led me out to, to, to there was just following along on their blogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, a job opened up where I was able to walk into that position. And um, it, it was kind of like, in some sense, marketing, because you're trying to think of like, what do people want to read? Who like, uh, who are our readers um, working with the people? Who's the best writer for this uh, and whatnot. But alongside those articles, we'd like created designs, uh, specific headers that had uh, unique typography and um, for every single one. And we were putting about like two to three out a day. And oh, so wow. I was also in charge of doing that. It was basically like, here's yeah. this whole thing, uh, take it and run it. And so um, that, was, that was great. Uh, cause it just like threw me in the gauntlet, but I was also, uh, like the graphic designers there, their worst nightmare, um, of like not having any like real training and just, uh, knowing what I liked, but there's that whole like gap in like, Hey, your taste might be pretty good, but like your skills, your skill set to be able to achieve those days is nowhere close to that. Uh, and right. so luckily they had some great guys there who, uh, poured into me and helped me see, uh, some of the things that you might learn in a more, uh, real program, uh, of design. And so again, it was, I was using type all the time though, or finding different typefaces. And, uh, it was at that point where I was finally like seeing other designers, uh, like through lost type. Um, that was when it was like kind of first starting and there was mm-hmm. like, Hey, these guys are graphic designers, but they're making typefaces. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Like I, I just never connect. Obviously there were people behind those typefaces who were making them, but I never really connected the dots of like what that would actually take. Um, it, that it was actually possible. Cause I was like the, you know, it's gotta be some crazy foreign alien software to make all this right. like magic happen. And it, yeah. I feel like in the past it was like, there's some crazy software out there and the time commitments, uh, that it would take to like do a lot of the stuff that's done today that the software intuitively does. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. I feel like we live in a really lucky day and age, uh, for making type. Um, but, uh, and for a lot of things, yeah. yeah, for a lot of things for sure. Um, and so because the barrier was a lot lower to entry, uh, with, um, the software, some of the software being cheaper. So what I use is called glyphs and they mm-hmm. had like a mini version, which is, was only 50 bucks. And all the other software was around like 300 to $600 to like make a typeface. Right. Uh, so I was like, that's, that's not too bad. I'll, I'll do that. If it turns into something great, if not, it's 50 bucks that I got to spend on my passion, just having fun. So that's right. what I do. Um, so I started getting into it and was making stuff and like immediately, uh, it's just like one of those glorious moments where you're getting into something and seeing it all come together and like remembering the fact that like I can type the letter forms that I'm making out and like the, the, the freaking letters are appearing on my computer was just like this crazy moment of like, this is so awesome uh, and so much fun. 
and basically was like hooked from that point on all the stuff I was making was terrible, but, uh, it was, <laughs> it was really fun. Uh, and again, I feel like I was a type designer's worst nightmare cause I was like a graphic designer, web designer who kind of knew what he was doing from the other designers that helped him out. And then I moved mm-hmm. into like an even more, uh, particular or intense field of typography that has all these extra rules that even some of the graphic design rules don't apply to. Uh, and so right. like, uh, it was, Again, relearning all this stuff, but uh, having a whole lot of fun while doing it and started releasing um, typefaces for free that I was just enjoying making through Dribble and other places like Font Squirrel and uh, was like finally what would it take to make like a professional typeface one that's commercial and I'm doing this all on the side of my job, you know, just burning the midnight oil just for fun. Uh, And so basically it was like, okay, a real typeface needs this many characters because you got to cover uh, a bunch of different languages. So diacritics is what mm-hmm. those marks are called. Um, and then uh, all the necessary symbols because a lot of free free typefaces, it's a lot better today. I think with mm-hmm. Google fonts and other things are having like a higher standard, which is great. But some of the free typefaces you get are just like, oh, this is uppercase. Maybe you get numbers. Maybe you get <laughs> a period <laughs> or something like that. But uh, you're, you can't expect a lot from that. But uh so I was like, okay, cool. I'll take the time to do that just to see what happens um, and released it uh, or worked with my font. So they have like a review board now, which is pretty cool where they oh, you submit your typeface to them. They get back to you and are like, oh, hey, this is looking great because you work on these characters. This accent might not be as uh, noticeable. Uh, and, and those are things that I had no clue going into. Like, I don't know a lot about uh, different languages. Um mm-hmm. And so that like different that was, alphabets like Cyrillic and all that other stuff. Yeah, right? it's it's yeah. crazy. Um, and so that was really helpful as a new designer coming into the industry to have that for sure. Um, and so released it through there, and then like within two to three months, it was bringing in more money than my day job. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I didn't know that that many people bought typefaces. This was just the for fun thing. Like, you know? <laughs> um, and so it was like, oh, this is so great. Uh, and like before that type designer becoming a type designer as my job was not on my radar and it had just it was just this fun thing and so when it started making money comparable to my job I was like man like should I go for this because I enjoy it like I enjoyed uh the stuff going on at the the church there like the web design and the graphic design but at the same time uh there was a few different situations happening there that was kind of like leading me out of there Mm -hmm. and i was wanting to be uh we were thinking about having a baby we were in seattle all our families in georgia so we're like hey that would be a good time to you know transition or move and so kind of planned out this like six month uh period where I, i was working there um but with the with the thought of transitioning into doing type full time, which was really scary because I was like the the simple thing would do would be like go to an agency, um, and so I actually applied to a few different places um, in Atlanta mm-hmm. and Charleston, uh, and and was ultimately like that would be really fun. I think agency life, getting to work around people and create stuff together, is awesome. Um, sure. But at the same time, I was like, I feel like this is a passion of mine that if I don't pursue, like. I might regret. I could I could continue to do it on the side, but I think it had proved to me that it it could be a full time thing, and so uh, I ultimately was like, okay, I, I just want to go for it. And Athens seems like a great place because we went here in college to school, but we knew so we knew a few people here, but also the cost of living here is great. Uh, and yeah, so yeah. why not choose a place where you can test out your passion that you can do anywhere, uh, and and a place that. Uh, 
is his low cost of living. And so it was like, mm-hmm. we'll do this for a few months, see what happens. If it continues to work out, then we'll keep going. And if not, then we can go figure out what's next and find a job elsewhere. Um, and I guess it's been like three years since that. <laughs> so awesome. it's, we've continued. If it keeps going, then that's great. Uh, so <laughs> like Forrest Gump, yeah, I just kept running. I just kept running. Like, and then uh, I hit the, uh, the other side and I turned around. <laughs> exactly. No, it's awesome. So, I mean, you basically had proof of concept and, um, before you like took a full on jump, which I, I mean, I suggest a lot of people do. I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of these, uh, memes and quotes that get thrown around like, you know, follow your love, follow your passion. It's like, yeah. if your passion doesn't make money, that journey is going to be really short and the aftermath is going to be really bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and not, not to discourage folks and in the month of passion, but... <laughs> the weird thing is like you know, turning your job, uh, your passion into your job can do a lot of detrimental stuff too if it's not set up right. You know, like if it yes. becomes this thing that you're relying your life on it it like almost starts taking from you instead of what it used to give um absolutely i i've i realized real quick that i was the worst boss i ever had um <laughs> like an absolute slave driver um still, still am but i think you know there's a lot of considerations that people don't make like for them it's a linear path like i like i don't know i, I like wielding and making uh knives so i'm just gonna do that now Um, but you know, there's bills to pay, there's rent, not just personal rent, but there's business rent and there's insurance and there's legal fees and there's accounting fees. And, you know, it adds up to where it's like, you know, your number in your head, maybe I need to make, you know, six, six grand a month in order to live. Um, you know, so that's, that's your number in your head. But what you don't realize is like, there's four grand on top of that, of other stuff that you need to pay out that you need to cover, not to mention, now you have to worry about paying taxes and taking yeah. that money out yourself. And I think I think the best thing that could happen for this country is everyone run their own business for like a year. Because <laughs> you start looking at the check that you write out to Uncle Sam and you're kind of like, where the fuck is this going? This like, sucks. What, yeah. What are, you, what are you doing with this money, sir? Because yeah. <laughs> um, this is a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I have to it's pay true. health insurance too, so don't worry about that. You know, like all that stuff. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, I think, it, you know, that was a really big eye opener and it kind of got me. Yeah. You know, it got me in, you know, thinking about like where this money goes, not, not to jump into political, but, um, you know, you really start to take that into consideration. And next thing you know, you know, making and, and forging knives isn't necessarily what you're doing all day. Yep. Yep. Um, but, you know, so ty- typography for me, you know, it's funny. We have a similar story up until the point where you started designing type. Um, I like buying it probably too much. <laughs> and I started, uh, you know, my, my graphic design career really started kicking off with, with music, playing in a band. You know, yep. someone's got to make those posters, man. And That's right. You know, I'm the only one that knows how to wield a pencil. The only thing embarrassing about 2016 was you didn't launch your brand. The minimums were too high, screen fees were ridiculous, and you knew your project was going to be run after the horrible family reunion t-shirts. Your brand deserves the same craft and respect you put into it, and that won't happen with your average partner. Black Hat Merchandising is way more than a churn and burn screen printer. They're a true partner to launch and grow your brand the smart way. No screen fees, low minimum orders, and fair pricing. Black Cat Merch is run by designers for designers with the focus of growing your brand. Make 2017 the year your brand takes over by visiting blackcatmerch.com and mentioning Grits and Grits for a special offer. 
So it's really interesting. And I think what's even more interesting is the the religion. The relig- you said it was a minor? You minored in religion? Yeah, minored in religion. You know, I would say if there's any two things in this world that know how to evoke passion in people, yep. it would be religion and politics. Yes. <laughs> Three things. Sports. Sports, religion, oh, yeah, and politics. Sports, very much so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's, you know, it's kind of, I think, you know, that was maybe a smarter decision than you maybe realized off the bat, especially where, where you ended up. I mean, essentially in religion, you're trying to proliferate the good word. You're trying to get people to, you know, believe and have faith. And I think if that's something that you can in, in, inject into business, your own business or other businesses that you work with, that's an amazing uh, talent and skill to have. Yeah. Um, obviously that's not the curriculum, but you know. No, no, for sure. But yeah, that's great. Uh, I don't think I... I feel like I subconsciously might have connected that, but that was like definitely um, profound there of like just one of some of my friends in Seattle uh, who were working uh, as designers at the church, they went and started their own agency called Belief, um, which is okay. basically similar to what you're saying of like when you're going to a brand or, or the designs around it, it's like you're encapturing this whole belief in the brand of like, this is, this is the trust or this is why I'm going to this place. And so that's super good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of what we, um, you know, we propagate here is <laughs> this, this idea of why, I mean, at, at yep. Vigor, we focus on restaurant and beverage. And when you talk to these, these people that are starting or growing restaurant or beverage brands, you ask them like, Okay, tell me, tell me why why you should be the best. Like why people should buy your gin over the next gin, or why people should yep. come to your restaurant over the next. And like, our food is great and our service is awesome. Everybody's saying that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's that does business. Yeah. <laughs> like my fonts suck, and I'm really bad at like dealing with people. So that's why they should come here. Like you know, like, yeah. you don't set off to make garbage. Um, and I think that's part of the passion conversation too is, you know, when we talk about finding why, it's about finding the passion driving the thing forward and, and how that connects with people. Yep. Um, so speaking of passion and games, this is the worst segue ever. You dropped a little bit of a bomb on me early on. And I think it's kind of cool to talk about because, you know, with Fort Foundry, you sort of you, – you eased into it. Like you said, burning the midnight oil. Yeah. Um, you saw that it had legs. It jumped, but you you did it again. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I I think that that's the other piece of it of like what we were talking about a little earlier of just like where your passion can fit in and not making the jump too quickly so that you're just like you got no parachute basically and you're like if it works out it's great if not like I'm I'm done for. Um, right. <laughs> and, and I think there are a few things uh, today which are great that allow you to have like some sort of like test of hey, is this idea worth going Mm -hmm. after? Um, If you can put the work ahead of time in um, and prove that to people, then they might show up. And so uh, another passion of mine is board games. Uh, I enjoy like playing games with friends is great. I think you're seeing a resurgence in them. Basically, like because video games have moved towards just being like this like single player experience, even though you're multiplayer, but like per TV, it's like Mm -hmm. one player per TV, no more split screen. Um, So it's less like, Hey, come over to my house and let's play a game. Also as adults, I feel like you just want to kind of hang out and maybe grab a beer uh, and chat while playing a game. It's just like a good conversation uh, 
builder or starter where like it, it allows for these really cool, unique experiences to happen. Cause you can know a really timid person and you're like, okay, cool. We're hanging out, whatever. But then you put them in like a game scenario and they like get super into it and they're in your right. face. And you're like, who are you? Like, this is so great that like <laughs> it's able to break down those walls. And so board games were always just this uh, really fun place for me. Uh, especially like Seattle has a great gaming scene. I don't feel like I utilized it mm-hmm. enough, but um, when I was out there, but moving back home uh, or to, to Athens, um, I met a friend here who was a friend of a friend in Seattle and, uh, his name was Kyle and he was an illustrator and it's like, Oh cool. I'm a designer. And we started chatting and then come to find out he had made a game. And so I was like, what? It's the same thing with type design, but it was basically like people make games. I didn't realize that even though I play them, I like, I know that people make them, but it, it was always like, Oh, it's gotta be some crazy guru, uh, uh-huh. versus like your everyday person. And that was like what same thing with type of lost type. It was like, oh, your everyday designer is making this stuff. So it was cool to um, start realizing that and was like, I want to make a game partly because the the design of games, I think it's getting mm-hmm. better, but a lot of them are pretty terrible, like uh, graphically. Yeah. Um, like, I don't want to play this. Like, I enjoy the mechanics, but like looking at the game is not as much fun. <laughs> right, right. And so uh, there was just this feeling of like, I want to make a really good looking game that'll be the hard part and the easy part will be making mechanics right and uh come to find out the very hard way that mechanics are just like making a game is just a super long process similar to type so type can take like uh, uh if you're doing a single style it might be you know two to three months and and you're good uh but if you're doing multiple styles, italics, all that good stuff it can be upwards to six months to a year to you know like so yeah uh similar to games is you can have this idea and it makes sense in your head. But as soon as you sit down and play it with someone, it's totally like, this is not fun. Like, well, you know, it's, it's app development, right? I mean, it's, it's the user, same thing. user exactly. experience. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're getting feedback. A lot of it, a lot of play testing is happening and you're trying to iterate as quickly as possible. So like you can make just dinky prototypes with like, uh, cutting out pieces of paper and sticking them in card sleeves. And then mm-hmm. if this isn't working, take this piece of paper out and put another one in that has a different rule set or a different ability or whatnot. And so I started doing that just for fun. Again, it was just this side thing that I was enjoying. Um, and we, a friend and I were like, he, he, Kyle, um, you know, was like, I really want to start a board game publishing company. Uh, and so Kickstarter has provided some really amazing, uh, starts to companies that, you know, were just uh, a dude who had an idea. And so basically, uh, we, we, got together and uh, started making this game. And it was like, we were just like, we just wanted to see it made. Like part of the, a passion project is like, I'll give whatever it needs to get uh, to, to get to the place where it needs to get made, like monetarily too. So we were like, okay, with a, with a game, you're working with a manufacturer, which is also way different than type because you have like all these different costs type i was like oh i can just put this up online it's digitally delivered some distributors take a cut on my own side i get you know the full percent but it's just like that's it like the all the investment is is time and right. with a board game there's so much more of this like investment of uh resources um cardboard cards chits mm-hmm. uh all these different things and then you got to figure out freight and getting the games to people shipping uh if they're in different countries how to set up all that whole network and so it was this like really uh really much bigger uh process than i realized and uh as we got into it though we we hit a number and we we're like seven thousand dollars that's what we're going to try to raise uh to make control 
if we end up raising 5,000, we'll just give the extra 2,000 or something to make it happen. Cause I would just, I just want to see it happen, you know? Right, um, right. So we put that up on Kickstarter and I feel like that's a, like, it's basically that testing or breeding ground for here's an idea. Is it worth it to you? Um, and mm-hmm. it, again, it, it provides a little parachute, maybe in that allegory of like knife making, if it's like, here's the knives I'm making and uh, this is what makes them special. Here's what I want to do with this. If you give me 30 or 50 or a hundred, I don't know how nice these knives are, uh, bucks, then you will get a knife for believing in my company and we'll see how much we can raise. So right. that was really helpful. Uh, they don't have the people who invest, sometimes people don't realize this, the people who invest in your Kickstarter, they're getting, it's kind of like a pre-order system or they might get a reward, but they're not owning any share in your company. Um, right. So that's nice. Whereas like another model might be like, hey, I'll give you all this money to start your passion, but I'm going to own this stake in the company uh, for mm-hmm. for however long. And so that, that can be a viable model too. But again, uh, you might not have as much control over things. And so this was a nice middle ground that I felt like that where we, where, we can get our idea out there. It does some marketing for you. We don't have to put all our money into this to try to make it happen. It's like people right. will see if they show up. And if you don't make your goal, then you don't make it, uh, you know, you don't get any money. So it's like, this was good, but you know, it's not worth it. Uh, you can kind of test and see that, mm-hmm. but, uh, by God's grace or just like craziness, it went from, uh, 7,000, it went up to $7,000 after the first 24 hours. So we met our goal and then it ended at like 70,000, which was just nuts. We did not expect that at all. Um, That's awesome. You're like, yeah. dude, stop giving us money. So we don't, like, we don't oh need it. Oh my gosh. Cause we were going from like, oh, we'll just fulfill this in our garage, you know, do it all in a day or two. Right. Like this is 4,000 orders that we're going to have to figure out. Like <laughs> we got to like uh, shift and get a fulfillment center and do all this other stuff. So it was a good problems to have, like just how to grow, like grow well, um, basically. Yeah. So it yeah. was, it was a fun time. I know that's totally a, a tangent from type, but, uh, just the whole following your passion that I guess. Yeah. No, it's huge. I think my, the favorite thing I ever put my money into on Kickstarter was, um, <clears throat> Kung Fury. I don't know. Oh, did yeah. you throw money on that? I have I did not throw money on it, but I've seen it on Netflix. I did. I was proud of it. I'm like, nice. I'm not going to get anything for this. I, I think I threw like 50 bucks in. I'm like, I just want to see it happen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was as amazing as I thought it would be. Yes, yeah. Well, that's the cool part of Kickstarter is like the backers feel just as mar- much a part of like making your idea happen. And they're super generous. Like we right. we put a print and play up version, which just means you can print out the game yourself and make it if you have uh, the components to make it with. And yeah. uh, there was so many great feedback and like, hey, what if you tried this? Or, you know, here's some ideas for other things. And like, they're just as much like buying into your passion because they've, they're helping making it happen. And they, they're like the best part of Kickstarter is like those people who are believing your idea. And it's not just like, oh, great, I'm getting something. But it's like, I'm helping make this happen. And people are super, super nice on there. So that's been cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's definitely, I think it's in the same vein. I mean, uh, we're all designers, right? So I think finding new ways of how that design plays out in something that is unique to our own personalities is an awesome thing. And that's essentially the essence of passion, right? Um, um, I have a passion for food and beverage. If I, (laughs) if I, I wish I could stop eating and drinking, but I can't, (laughs) um, (laughs) gluttony, (laughs) maybe that's a sin. Hold on. (laughs) Um, But you know, that, that's essentially the, the basis of, you know, why I started vigor like 15, 13 years ago. I don't even know how long ago it was now. Um, but it, it, everything that I do kind of spawns from that same passion and love too. I mean, this podcast, the blog, all of it, like, I think I was talking to Kevin Cantrell, 
he's a really awesome illustrator, kind of oh, has yeah. that old snake oil style, you know? Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I did a quick back and forth email interview before I decided that podcasting was much easier. <laughs> um, and it is. Oh, God, it's so much easier than that. Um, I would just talk said, all day to people if I could versus email. I hate email. Just as a, oh, yeah. I know, man. I wrote a book on email and I hate it. It's funny. <laughs> I don't hate the book. I just hate email. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much easier to talk to people for me. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so simple. Well, I mean, so the the, the inner interview thing was tough because, you know, you send questions and they got to find the time to answer them and type it up. Yep. When they do that, it's not from the hip. It's very contrived usually. And then, you know, you get it back. I got to read it. And then I got to reply with maybe follow up. So it sounds more natural. And then at the end of the day, no one's reading that shit anyway. Yeah. You know, anyway, so long story long, Kevin's like, I, I got to ask, like, why, why are you interviewing me? Because technically, aren't we competitors? Um, you know, and I'm like, I mean, I guess, but like, for me, it's we're all in this together. And yep. if someone goes to Kevin and gets their whiskey design done, as opposed to vigor, I mean, yeah, sure. I wanted to do it, but like, I'm not that pissed. Cause at least I know an awesome bottle of whiskey is going to be made. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's like it's great. not going to be crap. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, what's crazy. And coming into the type design world and even the board game world is just both of those similar atmospheres or vibes of just like, Hey, like we're, we're like, you don't feel like a competitor, even though you're another publisher making games. It's like people are sharing as much information as they can of like how you can learn or grow. And it's just mm-hmm. like, this is better for the the world as a whole, for the industry as a whole. Like there's enough to go around. We don't have to like be in this like cutthroat business of just, you know, trying to hoard all the secrets to ourselves. And even with type two of just like, there's, it's a very small niche, like, that mm-hmm. was what was crazy is like going to TypeCon or these other cons. It's, it's pretty small. Like, uh, like type, there are not a ton of type designers out there. Um, and they're super nice to one another, you know, like they, it's not like this. Yeah. Like I, I don't want you messing with my stuff. It's like, Oh, what can I learn from you? And it's just this atmosphere of like, this will boost all of our, um, knowledge mm-hmm. and, uh, better the industry as a whole as we give to one another. And so it's just been really cool to see that. Um, which is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. And I think, you know, what's great is that you, you saw that it had legs and maybe that, you know, I think you said uh, your your friend, like that's what he's doing. Like is that is just board game development, right? Yeah. So uh, basically I've become a partner in Keymaster Games uh, as I have another game in the works too. <laughs> I can't stop. That's another one. It's like, it's a good passion to have on the side. Sometimes yeah. it takes too much time, but it's great. Uh, and we actually hired out Josh Emrick. Uh, he's also in the spirit industry. You might know some of his stuff. Um, Emrich okay. office, uh, but he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, he is amazing. And, and this was a fun project for him cause it's, uh, he's able to share more of this stuff. It's not in the spirit industry. It's a, a bit different and it's a monster game. So he's making like mm-hmm. all the cards are in old school, uh, like campy, uh, poster vibes, which is what we love. The, the name of the game is yeah. campy creatures. Uh, and so, uh, that'll be on Kickstarter in February, but yeah, that's been super fun to work with him. Uh, and, and that's, yeah, now I guess a part of my, like 20% of my time I want to give towards like making games for sure. And then the other 80% doing type and, uh, maybe lettering and other things for brands here and there. 
Yeah, yeah. And that, that's how we met. I mean, we, we'll just call them the big Z. The big but um, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm really excited to see the final work that you've done for them. Um, that's, I think, all we're allowed to say about it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I did use, I, I forgot to tell you, I got to send over the materials and images, but I did use Colt way before I knew that you were working with that mutual client. Um, and so when they told me, they're like, oh, yeah, we're working with Maddox Schuler. I'm like, okay, cool. Who the hell is that? And it's yeah. like Fort Foundry. I'm like, I love Colt. Nice. Dude, that's so great. That's <laughs> so, so I'll awesome. send you that work. I feel like Colt gets a little love here and there. Like uh, there will be a tweet or an Instagram of just like someone finding it. But it just feels like it didn't like it hasn't been these crazy amount of people getting it or whatnot. So it's always cool to hear those, those situations where it has come in handy. Cause I think it's more of a niche. Uh, it's so wide and like, it's obviously got a certain style uh, to it. So that's oh, cool yeah, to hear. It's fat, man. I yeah. love it. Like literally fat, not like the cool people way of saying it, like, <laughs> but just, yeah, it's fat. <laughs> yeah. I, I love it though. I mean, I, um, I guess I'm probably one of the worst people to love type because when I fall in love with a typeface, I'm like that. I'm like that jerk kid that finds a new band that's really awesome and doesn't want to share it. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like, no, 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 no. This you don't want this. It's terrible. Right now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, You're if I start seeing it, it around, I'm like overused. annoyed. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, cool, man. Well, we're coming up on 30 minutes. Uh, I made a promise. I like to stick to it. Um, I have a lot of notes of linkage that we will have on the um, show notes, but uh, where can people find you and Fort Foundry uh, on social and web. Yeah. So most of it is just at Fort Foundry on Twitter, on Instagram. uh, And then the website is fortfoundry.com. And there should be a new website coming in soon. Uh, Like I have, this is a whole nother conversation for another time, but Mm -hmm. licensing is something that I'm rethinking um, for how I want to do it as a foundry to make it as simple as possible for a designer. And what that would mean, including you have all these different licensing splits like desktop web app licensing, and just trying to combine it into uh, a simple one license fits all kind of mode. So we'll see what happens. I'm thinking through that stuff. So the new website should be out in a month or so. That's great. Yeah. um, We'll, we'll promote it heavily. And, um, yeah, I think I also wanted to thank you officially. I know I did it via email, but um, Maddox did throw in for last month's promotion where I bribed people to follow us. Yeah. And um, he gave away a nice font pack. And so I um, appreciate that so much. Yeah, of um, course. We're all in it together, right? Yeah. So cool. All right. Follow Maddox, visit, buy his font, stay away from Colt. It's terrible. You never want to use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe I'll use Colt to launch. I've been wanting to do Type Tuesdays on the blog. And yeah. I know it's so trite and played out, but like, it's like Taco Tuesday. Like, you're not <laughs> mad when you see that. You're not like, yeah. oh, these jerks. <laughs> like, yep. You're like, hooray, Taco Tuesday. Um, so maybe I'll launch that next week with Colt and give it its just due and I'll stop being that bratty little, uh, <laughs> scene kid that doesn't want to share. <laughs> so cool, man. I appreciate Thanks, you hopping man. on the show and, uh, I agree. We, we definitely have to have you back on and talk about more fun stuff. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.